If you're an entrepreneur, then the work you do is sacred. And this podcast is here to help you create more money, more freedom, and more impact as you do it. Welcome to Sacred Work, the go-to podcast for women in business ready to learn about sacred selling, sales funnels, and online business strategy. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and let's dive into a brand new episode. So recently, my partner James and I purchased our first property. It was a goal that we've had for a very long time, and it was such a beautiful moment when it actually came true and we officially became homeowners. And as a part of that process, we worked with Justin Davis. Justin is a mortgage broker and works as part of Logic's Financial Services here in Melbourne, and he has over 25 years of accumulated knowledge and lending experience. He is passionate about providing every single client with an exceptional level of service, and he really helps with putting together a personalized lending strategy to help his clients fund their goals and dreams. Justin was such a pleasure to work with and he brings so much more than just financial advice and lending information. He brings with him just so much insight, so many beautiful little takeaways and mindset approaches and shifts that really were just powerful as we were going through that entire process. And he really helped to guide us every single step of the way, both on the strategic side of things as we were going through all of the processes, as well as the mindset ups and downs that come with it along the way. So we were very, very privileged and grateful to be able to work with Justin. And it is an absolute honor to welcome him to the show today. Justin brings a wealth of knowledge to this interview and it was a pleasure as always to speak with him. We talked about managing your finances, debunking mortgage myths, different mindset shifts and beliefs when it comes to money and money management and so much more. So this is a great episode for anyone when they are really wanting to get on top of their finances. If perhaps you have a a goal of purchasing a home where your first or one further down the track in your property journey, wherever you are in your process in terms of money management and finances, there are going to be some huge takeaways for you inside this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it and I hope you enjoy. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with a very special guest today. I've got someone I would consider a friend, but that has also been such an incredible help to both myself and my partner, James. He recently helped us to invest in our first house, which is very exciting. And so, yeah, it's a really nice pleasure to be able to welcome Justin Davis onto the podcast today. Welcome, Justin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Great to be here. It's going to be a good <laughs> chat. <laughs> I was just saying we were having a little chat off air before we hit record and I said we need to stop there's too much good stuff happening in this conversation we're not actually recording any of it so we wanted to make sure all of the good gems actually come through so that the listeners can hear and for those that don't know you haven't seen you unaware of what you do give us the spiel give us a little intro to who Justin Davis is okay so I'll give you the short long story which I kind of end up always doing. Currently, I'm a mortgage broker, but I've spent my life in uh, financial services in South Africa predominantly, working in private banks with super intelligent and super qualified people and clients around me. My family and I immigrated to Australia six years ago, and yeah, slowly but surely, we're making a life here, and started off in private banking and found myself back in mortgage broking which for the joy I'm self-employed, 
And yeah, it's just part of the journey. So now I work with individuals such as yourself, Taylor, and their partners, and pretty much anyone and everyone looking to make suitable financial decisions. So although I am a mortgage broker, I spend a lot of time with my people and my clients and I help educate them wherever possible, be it life stories or life lessons, with a bit to to helping them win whatever their challenge is. Yeah, it's such a good intro to you. And I'll I'll never forget when we met because we'd we'd spoken online. You were referred to me by my accountant for the business and he put us onto you, knew that we were in the market to buy and said, Justin's your guy. And I was like, amazing. So we met you at a cafe and it was funny because we arrived and I, I sent you a message. I said, we're here. And you said, I'm here too. And I was like, really? And I'm looking around and I'm honestly, I'm looking for some like straight up guy in a suit, like acting all professional. And you're there and you've got your motorbike gear on, you've got your bike, you've got your helmet. And I was like, oh my God, I love the vibe of this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I just enjoyed so much that you showed up as yourself. I think there's so much to that, like such an authenticity that really shone through because I think the perception of And obviously, you know, for those listening, they can't see you right now, but very easy to assume, you know, button up suit and tie and all those sort of things. But I think the, the thing that I really enjoy about you and how you run your business and what you do with your clients is is such a, there's a strong relationship that gets built between you and your clients. And we felt that every single step of the way where it wasn't just about, okay, well, you're my client and you're paying me and that's the transaction. There was advice, there was support, there was checking in. You know, you were there. Actually, I was, you helped us make the decision to get our beautiful puppy, Peter. Oh, I love Peter. <laughs> and then you would check in and see how she was going and give us tips because you've got a beautiful golden retriever called Archie. You know, it's just all that extra stuff, you know, all those little things. And like you said, like giving the advice and not just being so much about like, okay, well, this is your mortgage and that's that. There's more to it than that. Do you feel like that plays a big role in in the, in how you show up for your clients? Having spent a lifetime in the corporate labyrinth, you realize that you're a number there. And if you leave your job or your client leaves, you know, they say, put your hand in a bucket of water and pull it out. That's how long you will be missed in a corporate world. <laughs> and it's the same for, and I come from banking. So if I left, they'd replace me. If a client of mine left, we'd replace the client. It's that quick and that easy. And I always felt I couldn't give all of myself because you forced into transactions. You've got 5,000 clients to service and three managers and two assistants and so on and so forth. So you give what you can. And I think the beauty about finding what you want to do is you stop doing it because you're worried about a KPI or your manager or you don't want your client to go, oh, yeah, great job. You want your client to win because if my client wins, I win. You know, I don't want to sell my clients down the river and get their mortgages they can't afford or blow hot air so that they apply and I just get them crap and pass them on because then they'll be someone else's client soon. You know, it's a privilege to have someone say, I want to work with you or will you help me? And, you know, you can't take that privilege and just chuck it out the window. And again, that's, I'm very lucky to do what I love doing, which is helping people. The numbers are part of it, but I don't see you as a number. I see you as a whole ecosystem, for lack of a better term. And the better you do, again, the better I do. And whether it's helping you get that gorgeous puppy of yours, because life's more than 
getting a job and saving for a car and then getting a house and then moving on, then getting a big soup and then retiring and dying. It's like, dude, you could die tomorrow. Any of us can. And you do your best to prevent that. You eat well. So again, I enjoy being with people and helping people. And, you know, I've put myself through a lot of life lessons, not on purpose. Sometimes it just happens. And I do my best to learn from them. And what's the good in learning if you can't teach? And the beauty about, again, having been in financial services my entire life and actually being like quite a serious suited up guy back in South Africa, I'll show you pictures, is you get different perspectives and you just learn, you know, I learn from everyone and take a pinch of salt with everything everyone says and I make up my own world and that's my view. I might be right or I might be wrong, but I'm going for it. I love it, honestly. And that outlook, I found that very, it was like very permission giving. I think when I sort of came to you, I was very much of that sort of mindset and fear. And that's why I say you really helped us make the decision to get Peachy Girl because I was very much like, oh, we have to get the house and we've got to make sure the finances are right. And, you know, if we're going to spend all this money on getting a dog, you know, what's that going to do? What's that going to mean if for us? If we actually ask if the bank would mind if we could give you permission to get a dog, that's technically how you said it. <laughs> I said, who cares about what I think? Who cares about what the bank says? Get a damn dog. You will sort everything out. I know. And looking back now, and I guess, you know, a lot has shifted in, I think it's been about six months. Um, not, I can't even remember when we actually met, but since then anyway, I feel like a lot has shifted for me internally. And I definitely think even that was like a little catalyst along the way. And I wouldn't trade Peach for the world. I'm obsessed with her. She brings so much love and light and joy to our life. Like our life has amplified so much since then. But it's just so interesting how like one little sentence like that can help to create a change in your life that then has such a ripple on effect. Like I feel like I've become more present, more grounded, more appreciative, more recognizing of what's actually important in life mm. rather than just like the big tick off milestones and the quote unquote financial success. There's so much more to it. And I really appreciate you saying that to me at the time. And I'd love to speak to that a little bit more for those who are listening and maybe feeling similarly at the moment, or maybe have goals financially for themselves. And I know we've got a lot of listeners who run their own businesses. They might be further along. They might be just getting started. What advice do you have for them from a financial perspective in terms of managing money, managing life, hitting the goals, but also just still enjoying the process? Part of enjoying a thing, you've got to find out what excites you and you've got to drive and you might not get it right every time. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, because a lot of people, oh, I hate my job. I can't wait to leave my job. I want to do my own thing. Great. You really want it? Go for it. Don't quit your job. Start your side gig. Work at it from 6 p.m. until 3 a.m. Sleep for a few hours. Get up and go do your job. And this is ideal. It's not easy to do. But I've got plenty of people personally who have done it. And it's hell on earth. So eventually you reach a point where you can let go one rope and grab onto the other or steal second with your foot on first and all those other things. So one, find something you're passionate to do. If you're not passionate about it, odds are you're not going to want to do it after hours. And then you know what? You're not going to want to do it all day, every day anyway. So maybe find something else. But again, let's assume you've got the job you want or you've got the business you want. Again, business as life goes in cycles. You've got to be well aware of your pitfalls and your good, the bad and the ugly and where you can get some quick wins and some long wins. And again, it's up to you to find that balance. 
so that you're making money to eat, but you're also building a business that will have a long-term return. Because if you're only as good as the last deal you did, what if you don't do another deal? Then you've got a problem. So, you know, repeat business obviously stems from that, from being good at what you're doing, loving who you're doing it with or for, and building strength on that. Finance is always going to be a challenge. The richer you are doesn't mean you've got less financial problems. You just got more complicated problems. So again, when you're getting started, do your utmost not to borrow just to get by. It's very, very hard to not want a loan or need a loan. But again, any lender who's going to give a small business a loan who's starting off, it's going to be expensive. So be mindful of that. And if you do do it, which many do, I have, you may have, sometimes you need a loan to get started. Again, be cognizant, be very focused on it. Don't go, oh, suddenly my cash flow sorted because I've got a big chunk of debt that to repay, keep that aside, use it for rainy days. If you have loans or you're under pressure again, so in today's current climate around the world, rates are going up. Everyone's under pressure. You part of the world's tinkering on a recession or much of the world shall say is tinkering on a recession. So you need to be honest with yourself. Hope is not a strategy. Hoping things will get better is a great thing. I think we all do it, but it's not going to change anything. You need to say, what do you need to earn so that you can do A, B, and C? You need to be extremely efficient. You can't waste money. But at the same time, you cannot have your clients thinking you don't have any money. Do you know what I mean? It's just such a delicate balance and throttle of how to be looking all good and positive without breaking your bank to wear shoes you can't afford or watch you can't afford to impress clients or friends who might not be impressed or don't really care. You've got to do what works. And I think your perspective, at the end of the day, you need to find that positive outlook because having been in a corporate environment, it's very easy to walk in and now you've got 10 people around you and you're having coffee and you're bouncing ideas off each other and you're going, you've got a pile of work to do and you just do it. When it's you and you and you've got no one to bounce ideas off potentially, or maybe just you and your partner and you're both stuck for ideas. You don't have this heap of activity to keep you busy while you come up with something better to do. It's up to you to do that. Again, positivity. Find people who will tell you straight up, you look like an idiot or you sound like a fool or your idea is not as cool as you think, but they must be positive. Oh, what if you do that? What if you do that? It doesn't happen. They go, oh, you're a moron. Don't even try that crap. Go away. That's a bit too far, you know, but there'll be people out there. And again, it's like a business. You've got to find the right people to lean on, to support, who will give you their ear and ask for help. If you, there are so many people out there with so much knowledge, tacit knowledge that you're not going to find in a, a news article or in a book, but you have a talk to them and they'll show you things and you might learn something from their mannerisms, how they treated a weight case. Go out there and learn and the activity will again create opportunity and don't believe the news now if you look at the newspapers it's oh my god the property market everything's wrong and everything's gonna suck yeah so it's tough look at a 20-year view you know it's gonna happen so find your positivity you know and that's again what i love about your podcast you are it's like just find that joy find that positive energy you know if you walk into a room like you've got a thorn in your side and you're how's this everyone's gonna go Whatever, you walk in and you go, ah, oh, good morning, good morning. 
even if you don't know the people, do you have any idea how many people like reach who have no idea who I am? I just walk in like the restaurant. It was like there all these old ladies at the restaurant. I usually go, it's like, so much like, all. Why not? It creates happiness because they smile back at me and then we talk nonsense and then they realize I'm married and it will never work out. And, but it creates a smile and a laugh and a little bit of a conversation. And I walk out with my coffee and I feel that much better so that I can go sit down with my clients with an open mind and an open heart and go, what's your story? How do I help you? Yeah, I can only help you with financing and the money. So let's look at the whole picture. And again, I'd encourage anyone in their own business to appreciate that. If you're selling flowers, you're selling joy. Yes, you're stuck and you've got thorns in your thumbs and you probably cut your fingers all over, but you're selling joy. You're selling gifts to beautiful people or maybe to people who have lost loved ones, but you're selling a smile. That's what you're doing, not selling flowers. You're selling love and joy and, and find what it is. Yeah. Oh, we could have a whole hour-long conversation around around that one topic, I swear. That's everything. I'm the biggest believer that the energy you put out is the energy you, you attract. And that's exactly what you're saying there. Like, show up, like, have the conversation with the old lady, bring smile, bring joy. Like, you put that out, that's going to come back to you tenfold. It always does. And, yeah, it's a beautiful and reminder. Go out, walk into the restaurant, with, you know, for a coffee shop and grunt at everyone, looking at the ground, grab your coffee and walk out and walk into the next one. Like you are high on laugh, dancing, singing, high-fiving the waiters and see the experience. Yeah. Just give it a go. Prove me wrong. Prove it's me a wrong. good experiment to try. <laughs> it's cheap. It costs you $4.50. As long as you're spending $4.50 on a cup of coffee, don't complain that things are too expensive. I mean, we are in this recessionary world, which people don't really understand. You've got costs pushing everything up and rates going up and people going, wow, it's so expensive. Why are they lifting my interest rate? Because we're spending. We are hot. How many people do you know who are waiting for their brand new car? It's a year's wait. But if you buy a second-hand car, you'll pay a premium. You'll pay more for a car with a thousand miles or Ks on it than you will for a brand new car. Yep. Yeah, the economy is too hot. We're spending money like it's we're giving out Smarties or M&Ms. Mm. When the pressure reaches a point and sales start being subdued because of lack of demand, and dealers and salesmen and vendors start discounting their product and people are still wary of it, that's when inflation will subside and the rates will still be a little bit high. But we've now learned our lesson, so we're not spending so much money and slowly but surely we'll come down mm. and then the world will improve mm. and hopefully incomes will improve and people will be able to afford their mortgages more. And then sadly, four or five years later, we'll forget it and we'll be spending again and rates will go up. It's your nature. It's just cyclical. Yep. Law of rhythm. Up, down, up, down, up, down. It's just the way it is. Yeah. It's actually a really good, even just you saying that, I remember when we were at that position where we were ready to buy, we, it was almost like, oh, you know, do we do it now? Do we wait? What's the best approach here? And I think we had a conversation around this where it's like, you know what, at the end of the day, like, just get in, like get into the market. That is going to be the best thing that you could do. And you know what? Like if you pay an extra five or 10 or 20 grand, like five years, 10 years from now, 
like a blip on the radar. Like you're not really even going to think about it. Is that still the advice that you'd have for people? Okay. So just not advice, just general advice. You know, so this is obviously just earlier with discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Very generic. Um, and, and direct <laughs> advice for anyone, but specifically if you're looking to buy a home. So this is not an investor discussion because when you're talking investments, that's purely down to the numbers. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Can you make your yield, your capital, your return within your time frame? If you're buying a home, as I said to you guys, make it your home. You're going to save on rent. You're not going to get the perfect house. You're not going to get the perfect house at the perfect price in the perfect area, but you're going to get something. And as long as it's something you see yourself working in, be it building onto it and turning it into white picket fences and swings and little puppies, you know, if that's your dream and your objective, you find what's as close to what you can afford, as close to where you want to be, as close to what you can make work. And then you make it work. It's not unlike a relationship with your partner. No one's perfect. We all got our issues. I mean, I'm pretty close, but you know, the second you get ahead of yourself, go, oh, my partner's this, that, whatever, look in the mirror and go, oh, wait, you're not perfect yourself. So what are you putting up with? They're also putting up with, but you work on it together. So again, if you're looking for a home, you agree on your number and you stick to that number and you find your home. If the color sucks, you can repaint it. The garden sucks, you can redo it. You can do it yourself. It can be part of your joy of growing together as a family or a couple or whatever your particular stick is. And if you look at where the market's at right now, it's arguably one of the best times to be buying, in my opinion. Because if you don't own and you haven't bought, it's not like you used to low interest rates three years ago and you've never had a mortgage before. You're paying rent. So whatever you're paying, you're either not coming up with enough rent, which means if you can get a mortgage that costs you the same as your rent, you're probably going to be a bit shy on your, your mortgage. Or if you're paying rent and saving $2,000 a month, well, you've got some capacity. Find out what you can buy, get in. In a year's time, whatever house you are looking at now, is probably going to be worth more. So if you've got $100,000 today and you want to buy a million-dollar home, the challenge is to say, well, if you carry on saving towards your $100,000, you're saving $1,000 a month, whatever your number is, what will the million-dollar home grow by every month? If it grows by the same percentage, it's going to accelerate away from you because 1% on 100000 is 1000 I think. 1% on a million is 10,000. So whatever those numbers are, the house runs away from you. Yeah. So again, my opinion is get in while you can. Hope is not a strategy. So expect rates to go up. Expect your income to stay the same. Expect your dog to chew half the place down and your kids will be more expensive than they will be brats and they won't listen to you like you thought they would when you were telling your friends how to tell their kids how to behave and sleep and eat and everything and get on with it. If you've been listening to the podcast and loving it, then it's safe to assume you are interested in the world of sacred funnels, setting up systems that serve you as you grow your business, allowing you to get your time back while you scale. And I wanted to make sure that you knew about my sacred funnel vault. This is my little vault. It is so good. It's jam-packed with all of the tools and resources that you need 
in order to get started with setting up funnels in your business. And right now, you can grab the entire vault, all of the tools, plus the bonuses that are inside for just $37. Yep. <laughs> easy peasy. I've worked so hard to make this so accessible and easy for you because I know how powerful it is to get those funnels set up in your business. And I don't want there to be barriers to entry for you with actually getting things going. So if you want to go and check that vault out, you can do so right now by heading to sacredfunnels.com forward slash vault. Good advice. Very, very good advice. And yeah, as you said, like, Get in there, just get it. That's what we did. And, you know, even it's so funny, like even just from where we were when we had that initial conversation versus where I am now and same thing with the fear around getting peachy, like same thing with getting in and getting the house. Like we've done it now and it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like no stress, easy peasy, cool. Looking forward to doing the next one, you know? It's just, I think the fear when you're on the other side of it, when it's new and it makes you nervous and you're like, oh my God, is there a right time? It's like, no, there's not. Like you just need to bite the bullet. And if that's your goal, Go for it. Like, don't hold yourself back. You know, you need to be, I think, secure in your foundation. Mm. So you need to know that the income you're earning, whether you're self-employed or salaried, you need to know that, well, you're earning an income and you will continue to earn that income. And you need to hope that that income will go go up, but assume it won't. And all those little things, they've got to be in line and you've got to prove to yourself you can save. You can't just go, oh, shit, let's go buy a house because we've got an extra $2,000 a month. Take the 2000 put it somewhere, build yeah. it up, and then go check to the bank. It's all little lessons teaching you to save and teaching you to not spend. You know, So if you are standing on buying a house again, show yourself that you can save. In so doing, you're showing the bank you can save. Don't go getting credit cards and unnecessary loans. Because when the bank looks at you, they're going to go like, what's going on? This guy's got credit card here and a loan here and a loan there, and he wants to borrow more money from us. Be mindful of your payments. Don't ever miss a payment. Don't ever make a late payment. Because you're going to the bank, you're saying, hey, Mr. Bank, give me a million bucks. I'm a really good guy. And they go, okay, cool. Shit, you didn't pay your phone bill. You didn't pay your this. You didn't pay that. What makes you, what, how do we know you're going to pay us back? Yeah, you go there with a clean record saying, I've never missed a beat. I've never got a speeding fine. I'm never like that. I do. But, you know, I've never done anything wrong. And I'll always pay you back. A lender's always going to say, there's two aspects to a loan. Can you pay us back? And if you don't, can we sell your stuff? Mm. That's the hard reality of it. And as I said to you and say to anyone, pay them back every month on the day, on time, and never miss a beat. You'll never get a phone call from the bank saying, why haven't you paid us? Mm-hmm. And if that bank should, heaven forbid, fall over, there'll be another bank who'll want to buy that bank and go, right, which are your good clients and which are your bad clients? Be the good client. Yes. You know, when that sword's coming across, the, the blade of life, if your head's down working, you're not going to get your head chopped off. So <laughs> your head down and do what you've got to do and don't feel sorry for yourself. And well, if you do, get over it and just, Keep driving. Keep going. Yeah, good advice. Very good. And if everything that you said there, that's what we did with the money side of things, like well in advance to coming and speaking to you. We looked at our finances. We sat down every single month and we had a spreadsheet and we looked at what were our expenses, what were we saving? We moved money around. We did all of those things. And I just share that because if it feels too big and too hard, like I promise you it's not just like one step at a time, like 
one day at a time, one month at a time, you will get there. For us, it felt like a very long, long, long journey to get there, but we did get there. And now the ball is rolling and we love it and we're so excited and looking forward to expanding that portfolio over time. It definitely can be done and it's really good advice. Speaking of mortgages, let's talk about some mortgage myths. And I think that there's some that you want to debunk for our listeners. The biggest mortgage myths, I think, are probably the barbecue talk and the things we hear across the board and so many people will assume that you can't buy a property if you're borrowing more than x percent and again there's always so lenders i think there's always a solution for almost every single client i think mortgage myths need to things like i've heard people saying oh, i've got to go get a few credit cards so that I've got a credit profile. Yes and no. The bank wants you to have a credit file, but going and getting a few credit cards makes you look slightly dodgy as to why you're trying to get so many credit cards or so many personal loans. People believe that, for example, lenders' mortgage insurance is the worst thing in the world and the second you're paying it, don't buy. So little things like that, I would say the myths should be debugged by Speak to a professional. You can read the news and properties are going down and I've lost money or I've made money on my house. It's like you haven't done anything on your house because you haven't sold it. Only when you sell it do you make or lose. Again, people make assumptions on news articles, on barbecue talk. Oh, my friend's getting this, that, whatever. And I'd always say, don't get caught up in it. Stop. Speak to a professional. Obviously, if you're in Australia, speak to a local mortgage broker or financial advisor. If you, wherever in the world you are, there would be suitable, qualified people to have a discussion and let them unpack what is relevant for your particular scenario. I've seen people buying cars for tax write-offs. It's like, you know, you don't buy the car to write the tax off. If there's a tax write-off, let that be an advantage. but don't let that be your objective to try to trick the tax man or whatever they call in your, you need to do things right and do them right all the time. Like you did, you know, you stopped, you met every, every weekend or every month, you made sure you saved, you made sure you had a good, clean credit record and financial profile where if the bank said, have you saved? You can say, yes, I have. So all those things again, become mortgage myths because people say, oh, if you don't have this, you can't get that. If you don't have two credit cards, you're not going to get a loan. Or you should do this. Just stop. Don't assume you can or you can't. Find out. Have a conversation. Educate yourself. There are so many resources on tax. In pretty much every country, if you go into your local tax website, it'll tell you what you can do, what you can't do, and how it does or doesn't work. Find out what acronyms mean. Because again, people use acronyms and they, that scares them off. What's your ABC and your LMI? And it's like, dude, I need an acronym buster before I can understand you. Don't ever be scared to say, wait, stop. I don't know what you're talking about. What does LMI, lenders mortgage insurance mean? How does it affect me? And once the person you're speaking with articulates it clearly to you, then you can make a decision. It's not bad. It's not good. It just is. Again, if you're buying a home, and the five or $10,000 lender's mortgage insurance is the thing worrying you, again, in 20 years' time, you're not even going to remember that amount of money. So don't let it stop buying the right house. 
But at the same time, if you don't understand it and you borrow too much, you end up paying a whole heap of money for no good value. So again, don't let rumor or hearsay dictate your decisions. Take cognizance of what people are saying, but do your homework, know what you are talking about, and then have an assessment. Talk to a professional. Yeah, it's really good advice. And honestly, like that's kind of always been our approach with everything kind of is like get the people around you who know, like hire experts who that is their world. That's what they're good at. It's not my job to be an expert in inflation rates or mortgages or finances. Like it's not. So I know that that's not my like ultimate, ultimate strength. So I'm definitely going to get around people who that is their strength and then they can advise us. And that's why we sought you out. And I'm so, so grateful that we did. I've said to you a million times, I don't know if we could have got through that process <laughs> if it wasn't for having your support throughout the whole thing. And we're so grateful for that. But honestly, it really comes down to making the smart decision. Like you said, speak to someone, like have the conversation. It's a huge world, honestly. And I knew nothing about it a year ago at all, like zero. And now at the other side, having bought a house, I still know a very small amount compared to you, but I knew enough and was guided well through the process so that it could happen. And we were able to tick off the goal. And that's that's what you want is to be able to get to the goal. But a lot of the time that's going to be able to be easier facilitated when you have someone in your corner that has the answers is, and is going to be able to guide you through that. And I swear, like, that's the best decision that we made. And they have to have your back. Yes. They have to be the right person in whatever it is for the right reason. So, again, as mortgage brokers or investment advisors, we all, or doctors, you know, you sign a document says you will, how your oath works and your best interest duty, and you hope and pray that the people you deal with are those people. And that's why, again, you, you lean on your team of resources. So you came to me through your accountant. Your accountant knows you and luckily knows me and he matched us together. I'm not the only mortgage broker he knows. And it's, again, by you having, investing in your relationship with him, he was able to say, oh, yeah, Justin's the right guy for you. Mm. And I would hopefully be able to do that for you or for someone else. If someone phones and says, I need an accountant, I want to be able to give them the right accountant mm. to help them. Again, there's so much knowledge and over-information out there. The think of a, a Google button, you can get the names of 10,000 people, which is too much. Mm -hmm. So again, you've got to find those relationships and nurture them and create your own ecosystem. Yes. As they say, your network is your net worth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very true. It's very, very true. And you definitely need to nurture the relationships that you have because, yeah, it points, those relationships are so important. And then it points you in the right direction of, good new relationships as well. And half the work is done by a warm referral. Oh, yeah. You think of it like this. You can do all the research you want on TVs and you could be on your way to JB Hi-Fi to buy a Sony. And as you're on your way to buy the Sony, you bump into your best friend who's a TV whiz. He goes, Sony, I'll go for a Samsung. And straight away you're like, oh, shit. If uh, James says Samsung, Maybe I should also be talking Samsung. So they spent all this time, but you know, he's the guy. So again, go to him first, ask his opinion and then read, you know, yeah. all these little things that we, yeah, mm. your world. That's good. One last question for you. Just with the management 
of finances. One of the things you said before was if you're going and you're buying your $4.50 coffee, you'd, yeah. what's your advice there? Some people, they're very like, be stringent, cut out the coffees, all those little things. Like, are you on that team? Are you on a different team? Are you a mix of both? Like, what's your general uh, like, uh, <laughs> tips when it comes to just managing from a financial perspective? I'm on the team of balance. If you don't spend a cent and you're too worried to go out and have a coffee and what are you actually doing it all for anyway? If you can't have a coffee or a, a meal with your partner and or take your family on a small holiday or a day or two away or buy something you've really worked hard for, what are you doing it for anyway? At the same time, we can get carried away. You know, when I was in a corporate and there was a coffee truck and a coffee machine and a coffee cafe. I was doing nine coffees before 9 a.m. Now that's excessive, but it can happen. It's not hard to have a cup of coffee at home, then get one as you're getting on the train, and then you get to work, and then there, you know, it's like four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, that's three fifty because that one was. And suddenly you're complaining about your cost of living. Foxtel. How many of us have Foxtel and watch one episode? Or I watch the news on Foxtel. I'm an idiot. I'm looking <laughs> for it to watch the news. So when things start happening and the pressure's up there, I've also got to know which are the triggers that I can do without Foxtel. I can do without coffee three, four, and five. And as funny as it may be, that's $15 a day times five days times 30 days or 20 days in a month. That's a last interest rate high. And if you do that with how much food do you throw away? How often do you go to the shops? Again, you don't want to go to the shops and go, well, one sweet for you and one lolly for you and let's have a soft drink this week. But look in your rubbish. Are you consuming for the sake of it? Or are you consuming because that's what you need to eat? How much rubbish are you throwing away? We can all save. We can all save money and time. Just read this David Goggins book. and I mean, he's crazy. He just... Like, he's crazy. He's amazing. But the guy trained like 8,000 hours a day. Yeah. But how many people don't have time to work out? How many people will spend 30 minutes procrastinating in between this, that, and whatever? And if you put your runners on, 30 minutes, you can do five cases, six minutes a okay. mm. Quick, done, boom. You've worked out now. So it's the same with saving money. Oh, I can't afford this. I can't. Do we carpool? Do you live on your own with a spare room that gathers dust? Have you got another mate who's renting somewhere else? Well, should come rent with me. We're friends. We don't need to. There are ways and means. It depends on how hungry or desperate you are to be on how resourceful you will have to be. So I go for balance. Mm. What works? Don't overspend. Be happy, but be mindful. Things can run away from you. We're in a delicate time of the world. Don't get ahead of yourself. If you're doing well now, bank more. Don't spend more. Mm. Because the time will come where your life will change. Maybe you have a child. Maybe you have twins. Maybe you have triplets. These things happen. My brother at one stage had six kids under the age of five years old. Oh, my God. Did he have twins? That's crazy. Each to their own. (laughs) And that's that's not easy to manage. You know, when you're a, a couple, you cannot go out for dinner. When you've got five or six children... Oh, to feed them before they start eating each other. Yeah, it's a little army. <laughs> Do you have triplets or twins? Twins. Boy, boy, twin girls, girl, girl. I don't know. I lost count. Yeah. 
just a blur of children running yeah, around. That's amazing. Beautiful. And yeah. Each to their own. Yeah. On average, doing that means you're not going to drive a BMW because you're not going to fit them all. This is true. But you need the minivan. Kids don't want BMWs. So you find what makes. Yeah. Ticks your boxes. Business, life, and personal. Yeah. And you go for it. Yeah, it's so true. I love that and I won't get into it, but I think it's a beautiful note to just touch on. It's just like figuring out what's actually important to you as well. I think that took me a long time to figure out what I actually cared about and what I actually wanted rather than what I thought I should want or what would make me quote-unquote a success. It's, it's an important thing, I think, to sit down and figure out what a fulfilled life actually means for you and then figuring out from there what you need to do in order to create it. So I think that's a, a really good reminder. And it's interesting. I so agree with you about the balance side of things too. James and I came together pole opposite. So I was very much the saver and like I just grew up like that. Like that was my childhood of like save, like hold your pennies kind of mentality. And James was the opposite and just like have fun, spend your money, like whatever. And we've been together for eight years now, so there's been a lot of growth and work-ons together. But over time, I think we've both balanced each other out really beautifully to that like equilibrium point where like I brought James down a little bit in terms of the spending side of things. Right. But he brought me up in terms of enjoy your life, like have fun, do things, experience things. It's not all about saving all the time. And we've met really beautiful middle ground now where we're really good at saving, but we are also really good at enjoying our life as we move towards goals. And the goals are important, but so is the journey on the way to actually getting there. So it's just a good outlook. Absolutely. And these things can change, you know, so you're on a good wicket and you might change your mind in terms of what drives you or makes you happy and again the, the whole point is just to know to see the change and try to work with the change and adapt in the change and just keep going with it yeah a little bit of flow and flexibility that goes a long way <laughs> everything changes so quickly nowadays you know it's yeah. instant internet and phone and just everything happens when you were younger before email was around or mobile phones it's like where were you it's like i was there how do i know well you don't where will you be back well when i'm back <laughs> i'll be back at 10 you got to be back at 10 because you can't phone me at 5 to 10 and say where am i because those things didn't exist it's all happening now so you've got to come like just Slow down, work out what it is, move forward, smile yeah. and wave. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. Yeah, that's all that you can do. Strap in and smile and wave. Oh, funny. No, that's, I really appreciate the chat, Justin, and thank you for coming on. Like I said, we are eternally grateful for your support through the process of purchasing our first house and hope to go through that process with you for multiple more but we very much appreciate you coming on and sharing with our listeners as well today i know that they will have gotten a lot out of it so thank you and for those that want to connect with you further seek you out as a professional to get advice from where can they connect with you best is probably to email me justin at logics l-o-g-r-x financial.com.au or phone me 0413-163-486 or check me out on Facebook. Okay, amazing. We'll pop all of that in the show notes so it's easy Very for chance. people to connect as well. Thanks again, Justin. Always Thank a pleasure. You. Enjoy and give Peaches and James my love. I will. I'll pass it on. And give Archie a kiss from me. <laughs> well, I will be sleeping again, always.